Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day, all bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, we hope everybody had the most joyous, merriest, happiest of Christmases ever. Now we're rolling into the new year. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey, it's always game day in Buffalo. You too, Matt. We haven't spoken since before Christmas. Hope you had a, uh, a great Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And of course, the bills were on the road in L.A., but I uh, hope you and your family had a great one. And to you as well, buddy. Although the way you just said it makes it sound like we're like fighting or something. We just haven't had a chance to no. see each other. We're right. not We're not right. beefing. Everything's no. good. Yeah, we just haven't. So you were in L.A. I did not go to L.A. That was a business decision from a, hey, this is your first Christmas as a father standpoint. I do mm-hmm. not want to be stuck in L.A. Because, you know, Sal gets the team playing. I get commercial and commercial on L- out of LAX the right. night before Christmas or Christmas Eve would have been a disaster. So I was very fortunate that I did not have to go. You know, we recorded a quick postgame pod. You said you got back Christmas Eve morning. So that was nice. So you still had your holiday. And now things are starting to kind of uh, ramp back up as we get ready for this Patriots game. No doubt. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get a lot of Bills or Sabres themed stuff for Christmas. Now that I'm older and I do this job, that's not necessarily the case. But of course, I'm still a Buffalo guy. So there's a lot yeah. of Bills stuff and Saber stuff that, you know, is, is exchanged around the holidays. So, but now I have a 10 year old who got me a Bills that my son thought of this himself and bought it for me. It's a snow globe. If you can see it, that's it's really cool. Like that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's super yeah. cool. My 10 year old, he actually, we, we did a thing where everybody, we all got a little bit of money to buy for each other one day. We went shopping and this is what mm-hmm. he got me. And I didn't know until Christmas morning. It was super cool. That's really cool. And it's really cool because it's something that you can put on the shelf behind you that we record these podcasts on. So that's cool. How about this? I got, I thought this was really cool. So my grandfather passed away this summer. So so my grandfather passed away like seven weeks to the day after my dad passed away. Well, as we have been going to the house and trying to figure out, you know, basically his entire life is still in that house. We had some family members find a wrapped present to me from him. That's probably like 20 years old. It was a Christmas present and it said to Matthew from grandpa. And you could tell, like, I think he just 
misplaced it and never got a chance to give it to me. So I actually had a present from my grandfather who passed away six months ago, wrapped and everything. So we sat there and I was with my mom and my wife and my sister. And I'm like, I don't even know. Should I open this? Should I not open this? So I took a picture of it and I kind of like gently opened it to see what it was. But funny enough, it was a football. So how cool is that, that all of these years later, you know, this is obviously what we do for a living. We very much love the sport and we very much care about the sport. But even then, it was like I had this gift from my grandpa that somehow went missing for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And then after he passes away, we found it. So I thought that was really, really cool. I think that's super cool. In fact, I'm not kidding. When you're talking about it, I'm thinking like there's got to be some like movie storyline someone can make out of that. You know, grandfather passes away. Years later, the grandson finds a present. It opens up. There's this magic thing that happens. I think that's a cool storyline that somebody could make a movie into. So yeah, well, well, if you're a Hollywood writer and you're listening to this show, I know the strike is over now. Give us a call. We'll take it for like 10%. All right. I have later in the show, I want to tell you about what I think is one of the coolest things I didn't even know existed. And now it's in our house because of a Christmas present. So I want to tell you about that a little bit later and you'll appreciate that. I appreciate it. I know that for sure. We let's get right into what do we say that get right into. We haven't, we've been talking for a few minutes here, but it's been four minutes. So let's talk about the new England Patriots and Buffalo bills. Week 17 monster game for the bills. Obviously Patriots Mm -hmm. playing out the string, but they looked really good last week at Denver going there and beating the Broncos uh, in the Christmas night, uh, Christmas Eve night game. So right now though, the bills need a win to try and a, continue their push for a division title. They're going to rely on some help for that. Obviously we'll get into that, but also just to secure their own playoff spot. They are not secure yet. They have to be able to do this. So we'll go through the scenarios in a little while. Last week, LA bills did Mm -hmm. not play the best football. It looks like the Patriots are playing a little bit better here. What concern do you have going into this game? As far as the, uh, the bills taking out a team that they had lost to earlier in the season and the way each team looked last week, (laughs) I guess my concern is that the Bills have given themselves no margin for error, and that would have been something that I've had concern with really for the last month of the season. But because of the way they played kind of in the middle of the year, they do not have an opportunity to slip up. So that's my big picture concern, that this is a game against a team that you should win, but you have lost to them already this season, and you almost lost to the Chargers, who is another team that I would kind of put in this bucket. I think the Chargers have more talent than the Patriots do, but at the same time, the Bills played a tight game against Easton Stick and no Keenan Allen, and Bailey Zappi has looked like he's kind of, I don't want to say boomer bust because that gives him a little bit too much credit, but it feels like he's got good games and then really bad games. And you just worry that you're going to catch him on a week where he has a good game. So I think that that's a little bit concerning. It's a little bit concerning going against a team that has nothing to lose, right? Like Bailey Zappi is playing for a potential spot on a roster, whether it's in New England or with another team next year. Same thing with Easton Stick. Like they need to show out. So that's the thing that's concerning for me. But at the end of the day, after I don't want to say a wake up call that the Bills had, but after a little bit of a game that left more to be desired against the Chargers, I think that they'll have some things tightened up on both sides of the ball and play a better complete game. No, I do, too. But, you know, I'm always one to kind of look at these kinds of things and maybe overanalyze it. But I do think there's something to a lot of the, you know, different kinds of you know, scheduling and travel that goes into a lot of this stuff. And let's remember, yeah. the Chargers had 10 days. The Bills had six. They had to travel across the country. 
<clears throat> the Bills were, and the Chargers had fired their coach. They usually get a little bit of a bump on that. The Chargers threw everything they had at the Bills, right? Um, you know, they trick plays, things like that. I, I do think there's something to be said for all of that. Easton Stick played a nice game. And by the way, he can move. He's mobile. They figured out a little bit of that. Um, so I, I think the Bills will play a better game. They're here at home. They've had a little extra rest of it. One day more rest than the Patriots have. The Patriots have to fly and travel on a little bit of a short week. So I think a little bit more advantage in the Bills department when it comes to this game. But it's also, this is a very, very big game for their season. It's at home. It's the last home game of the regular season. It could be the last home game all at all. I mean, they might not make probably, have a home game yeah. obviously, if they don't win the division. So I do think the Bills will play a little bit better than they did. Um, some things that came out of that game, though, uh, obviously the injuries looks like they're pretty clean on that front. But coming off the heels of that, the Bills have activated Kyer Elam from yep. injured reserve. Now, he goes on the 53-man roster. Super interesting, Matt, because they still have Daquan Jones, and if they want to activate him for this week by 4 p.m. Saturday, they have to do that. They have to make a corresponding roster move. Right mm -hmm. now, unless someone's going on injured reserve, I don't know who you waive because everybody's subject to waivers. You could do it. There's a lot of different names people thrown out, and people want to do all these roster gymnastics. Or you could just say, We'll wait another week on Daquan Jones, and then we'll see. And if someone happens to get hurt, we have an IR we can make there. We don't want that to happen, but I don't know. How do you play this out now if you're the Buffalo Bills? To me, this was an indication that Daquan Jones does not play this week. Now, obviously, that could change, but it feels like there would be too many different maneuvering things that need to happen. And for them, they might think we want this guy fresh as possible. And we think that we can still win this game without him. Let's try and get him back for the Dolphins game in week 18. And then obviously, if we end up making the playoffs, we'll have him back for the playoffs. So for me, when I saw that they activated Kyer Elam, that in my mind was like, okay, now you're going to keep Daquan Jones until probably week 18. Give him a little bit more time. And then after that, you could see kind of where he is and... I don't want to talk about the playoffs like it's a foregone conclusion because they're not in yet. And no. this team is super strange. So to say, well, you need Daquan Jones for a playoff run, get there first. Then we can start to have that conversation. I do think that he's going to play next week against the Dolphins. I thought there was a chance he'd play against the Patriots as well. But I think in their minds, they're trying to be a little bit cautious with getting him back on the field. If you look at the Bills secondary situation they have depth obviously now to add Kyer Elam but there's still a question about Micah Hyde we don't know what his situation is he hasn't played um Sean McDermott said he's improving along with mm -hmm. AJ Epinesa I'm still a little concerned here I mean there's a neck stinger and we know Micah and the last year what happened they haven't activated him yet so that's a, mm -hmm. a tricky situation and for people to say I've had a lot of people say to me Matt and tweet me and go well the obvious move is to just you know release Damar Hamlin or put him on IR I don't think it's that easy um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you if you lose Micah Hyde, you don't have him. We don't know what that situation is. It doesn't mean that even if you think he's healthy now, you got to be careful with that. So I think there's a lot of things you have to consider with all of this stuff. And running back situation, Ty Johnson, obviously, he's banged up a little bit, but that's why you elevate Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette still has two free elevations left. You don't have to put him on the active roster. So yeah. I don't think it's as easy as a lot of people kind of make it out to be here. No, for sure. I actually liked Leonard Fournette's game against the Chargers. I thought that he brought them a little bit of pop in those short yardage situations. So I liked him, but I also liked Ty Johnson. So it makes you wonder, what will they do? Will they have four running backs active? Because I'm assuming Leonard Fournette is going to play in this game, and I think he's going to play against the Dolphins as well. So 
does that mean he's taking touches away from Latavius Murray? Do you still have all four of them active? I do not know how that plays out. This was a question that I answered on the last podcast that I did. I was solo. Somebody said, now that Fournette has been kind of integrated into the offense a little bit, how do you see this all shaping out? And I said, okay, well, James Cook is going to get your most touches. I still think Ty Johnson should probably be second because I've liked what we've seen from him, but I'm okay if Leonard Fournette is three and then Latavius Murray bumps down to four. Latavius Murray has kind of left a lot to be desired really since the beginning of the season. I know that's not what you asked here. I'm just saying there's a lot of layers to all of this. There's a lot of different ways that they could go. They are banged up. They missed Micah Hyde. They definitely missed AJ Epinesa. I think AJ not having AJ Epinesa has really hurt their rotation because I have seen nothing from Von Miller that makes me think that he should be out on the field on a regular basis. And because they lean so heavily on this rotation, when Rousseau and Floyd need a breather or need a rep where you know they're not available, not having AJ Epinesa really comes back to bite him because then you're going with Von Miller and Shaq Lawson. And there's a drop-off there. Like, I like Shaq Lawson in the run game. Von Miller is hurting you at this point. So if they could get A.J. Epinesa back, I think that would be a big one. And with Micah Hyde, because of all of these lingering issues, these neck injuries that he's had, the stinger he's had multiple times this year, he's another guy. Proceed with caution. If it requires another week, Mm -hmm. you want him healthy for the Dolphins game more than anything. The Bills take on the Patriots Sunday. It's a big game for them. There's big games around the league. We'll get to that here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Before we get to the rest of the league, simple question, yes or no, for you, Matthew Bove. Mm-hmm. Is this Bill Belichick's last game ever coaching against the Buffalo Bills? And the second follow-up is, is it his last game coaching for the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills if you say no? No to your first question, because I think he's going to go end up coaching somewhere else. Okay. Yes to your second question. I think that this will be the last two games for Bill Belichick as the coach of the New England Patriots. That is how I feel. So that's my assumption that he's not going to be back with the Patriots. That's what I know. I've seen the reports out there that it feels like those two sides are going to mutually part ways. I think that he is still probably chasing the record. So he's going to go coach for a couple more years somewhere else. That's what I think. I also think that, man, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. until you just asked me that question, but what is Bill, Bill Belichick's record in Buffalo has to be, astronomical right yes I, I will tell you his record against Sean McDermott is eight and six okay that sounds right just because and then the before last that obviously years. he just crushed the bills every year and you know they were like what I don't know 20 and three <laughs> yeah yeah I think Brady's like 33 and three against the bills in his career and I know that obviously he's been gone now for several years and those have been the years where the bills have kind of you know mm-hmm. dominated the division but yeah no I think that this will be the last time he coaches with the Patriots in Orchard Park and I think Bills fans are probably completely okay with that although he did say some very nice things about Josh Allen this week did you see that I did and that's on the heels of remember a few years ago he questioned if Josh was an MVP candidate and then Josh went out and torched him so I think maybe he learned his lesson by doing that. You know, I want to push back on if Bill's fans happy about that. I'm perfectly fine with Bill Belichick staying on the sidelines with the Patriots. I think that let him keep coaching as long as he wants because I think that he's not the right guy to coach anymore. And I, I would rather ha- see him than some really new hotshot coach who understands the game these days and better. And I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just know the way I feel about the guy. I think the time has passed him by. I mean, the, the thought, right, is that Gerard Mayo is going to take over there. Isn't that what most people believe is going to happen? Well, so I had, we had Evan Lazar on who covers the Patriots um, in Boston. He was on WGR this week Uh and he told us, I asked him the same question and he said, you'd think he's the odds on favorite, but if, if Robert Kraft feels that he can't do that because the fans won't accept it, the media won't accept it because the same old, same old, and you're just really an extension of Belichick after all these other guys have failed around the league, then they won't do that. So I think it is interesting, the decision they have to make. I think it'll be him, but I do think there's an element of that you have to consider if you're New England. 
Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think too. I wonder if this would change if they could like go hire a general manager. I wonder if they would be okay letting Belichick continue to be the coach if they just went out and had somebody who could take over the GM role. And I think just it's a Belichick decision, not a. You could go to him. I don't think he would want to do that. That's the thing that I think is going to. I don't even want to say cost him because he might be fine with this. Maybe he wants to leave. Maybe he is ready to try something else and go to a new team. And he just does not feel like he has the talent there, but that's partially his fault because, you know, he's the guy who's putting together the roster and making the draft picks and doing all of those things. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I know that's going to be the topic of conversation for the entire off season. That's going to be the big one. It's been Brady for the last few years and now it's going to be Belichick. Where does Belichick end up? I have thought the chargers make sense. So I could see him ending up in LA. I think that is a very logical choice. I don't think it's where he ends up if he does coach. I think the Chargers have to go with a different kind of vision and direction, offensive-minded especially, Ben Johnson, someone like that, mm-hmm. just given the what's been coming out of there. I do think there's a really interesting landing spot that I could see Belichick, given what that organization needs right now, the Washington Commanders. If they move on from Ron Rivera, uh-huh. I think they need stability, and they would look at him as this traditional organization. I think they would look at, Belichick as maybe transitioning at least for a few years, bring some respectability back to an organization that lacks it and needs it. To me, that would be a better fit. I'd have no idea if like they're thinking about that. I just think that that seems like it would be the kind of fit for him. Do you think there's any way Dable is done in New York or do you think he's no. safe? I think do Brian Dable say that is an organization that doesn't traditionally like to, you know, have a quick hook, although they have recently, I get it. They don't want to do that. And I think the symmetry between Dable and Joe Shane and the fact that they did make the playoffs that first year and they yeah. had so many injuries this year and the quarterback, you know, situation was, you know, up and down and injuries there. I think that he's probably bought himself another year. Cause I was going to say, could you imagine if Belichick ended up in New York and was with the giants? Like how ridiculous would that they be? They do love him. That's what I mean. They love him. They absolutely love him. I, I, love him. I don't think Joe Shane will, you know, be I, I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I don't want to say they're a package deal, but I don't think Joe Shane is going to cut the cord on Dable after a bad season where they have started Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor at quarterback for multiple games this year. So I, I don't think that it's going to be completely on Dable. I think the Chargers. Like those- Let me say this: If you're Joe Shane, you don't hire Bill Belichick. He's basically going to do your job then. Like, or you're not going to have yeah. that in your building. You, well, that's you why. That's why I think the Chargers make sense. Because they've got two right. openings. So you That's could right. just go and you could say, and I also think to your point about Washington, it makes a lot of sense for Washington, but does it make any sense for Belichick? I don't think Belichick is signing up for that job unless he doesn't have options. But if you have those two options, if you have the Chargers and you have the Commanders, I know the Chargers are in cap hell with how much over the cap they are and all right. the decisions that they have to make, but they have a quarterback. That is the thing that to me is the tiebreaker. If you're trying to get one of these jobs, go find the place with the quarterback and then you figure everything else out. If you're going to Washington, I I don't know. Are are you going to stick with Sam Howell? Are you going to draft somebody? I don't think he's in the position where he can draft somebody, right? And then just wait and see how that player develops. You need to know where you're going. And if you go to LA, then you know you've got the quarterback and you just figure out the other stuff. All right. Back to the Bills here and their situation heading into week 17. So 
I want to say this before we get on the, you know, scenarios. I promised my listeners on the radio this week that every single show I was on, every mm -hmm. single segment I did, including this podcast, I would make this public service announcement. Here it is, Matt. Okay. Oh, we have no idea when the Bills are playing week 18. The NFL doesn't know yet when the Bills are playing week 18. The Bills don't know yet when they're playing week 18. It truly is a decision made after week 17 that we will all learn. Now, does the NFL actually have scenarios played out where I'm sure they've thought about it and what games would go Saturday, what game would go Sunday night? Absolutely. They're going through all of those permutations. However, I just want everybody to know if someone says to you, I heard it Saturday, I heard it Sunday, that person's either lying or guessing. It's as simple yeah. as that. We don't mm -hmm. know. Everything has to play out this weekend. This weekend, the Bills can clinch a playoff spot. How likely is it that happens given the scenarios for you, Matt? I would say it's about a 50-50 shot. I know that mathematically everything that they need to happen is kind of favored to happen. I have not looked. Do you know the line between the Seahawks and the Steelers? Do you know that line off the top of your head by chance? I believe it's like five or six, but I'm going to look right now. The Seahawks are favored, right? Of course. Yes. So the most simple way for the Bills to get into the playoffs this weekend. There are, what, 14 different scenarios that can get them into the playoffs? Yeah, 14 different things that can get them into the playoffs. The easiest one to explain is that if the Bills beat the Patriots at 1 o'clock and the Seahawks beat the Steelers and the Chiefs beat the Bengals, the Bills are going to the playoffs. That is the absolute easiest way of explaining what needs to happen for the Bills this week. The Bills are My favored. It's, it's three and a half. And I mean to cut you off. Sorry, I thought you were done. No, you're three fine. Three and a half for the Seahawks favored, and it's seven to seven and a half for the Chiefs favor over the Bengals. Okay. So that is the easiest way for the Bills to get into the playoffs this week. There are also options that involve Houston and Indianapolis and Jacksonville. So you can replace – I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. I apologize. But if Jacksonville okay. loses, then the Bills – the Bills need – two of those three teams to lose between Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. If two of those three teams lose and they win, they can clinch a playoff spot this week. The Jags is interesting because you would think the Jags just demolished the Panthers. Mm, but if Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence isn't available, it makes you wonder what's going to happen. The Jags have really been reeling. I think they've lost, what, four in a row or something like that? I mean, yeah, they and look at they picked up Matt Barkley off the practice squad of the Giants because mm -hmm. they're concerned about their quarterback situation with the health of Trevor Lawrence. And even when he's been quasi healthy, I guess he's, I think he's kind of really banged up. As you mentioned, they have not been that good and mm -hmm. lately. So yeah, this is a team that, as you said, reeling, they've, <coughs> excuse me, they've lost four in a row and they've lost five of uh, seven. So, I mean, yeah, and the only teams they beat were the Titans and Texans along the way, and one of those was a uh, a late uh, a Texans win, a late field goal, I guess. That, all that being said, yeah, the Jags are a team that went from possible number one seed several weeks ago to maybe out of the playoffs here. Yeah, that's my thing of just once again, and this is a lot of what we talked about going into this past game against the Chargers. Even though mathematically the odds have significantly improved for the Bills, just beat the Patriots. If you beat yeah. the Patriots, you know you are still mathematically alive. Obviously, you control your own destiny. And then you start to hope that all of those other things around you happen. This is more about, like, the team is not thinking about this. They should not be. And I don't think that they are. The team is very much focused on the Patriots. 
I'm just saying as a whole, the minute mm-hmm. you start thinking, well, what are they going to play? Can the can the Cal- or can the Ravens beat the Dolphins? That game could be for the division. All these things. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because weird things happen in this league every right. single year. Just look at last week. The Bills barely beat the Chargers, which I'm a l- listen. My colleague Dom Tibbetts said it, and I really liked the way he explained it. Pretty losses are way worse than ugly wins. The Bills got an ugly win. I bet Kansas City would have signed up for an ugly win. I bet Denver would have signed up for an ugly win. I bet a lot of the teams that the Bills needed to lose would kill for an ugly win. But you know what? They didn't get them. Almost everything went their way. Just beat the Patriots. And then you know no matter what. You were either in the playoffs or have a chance to win and get into the playoffs. And I think if I've got the New York Times playoff predictor here, they're at an 89% chance of making the playoffs as of right now, if they win and then lose to the Dolphins, they still have a 96% chance at getting in. This game is so crucial. Beat the Patriots, and you should find yourself in, but don't immediately discount the Patriots. One more game, obviously, that matters a ton to the Bills is the Ravens and the Dolphins. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Matt, the Bills are still alive for the division. Ravens, Dolphins. Before I get to that, so I have something in my house now that I never even considered conceivably possible, mm-hmm. but it was a Christmas present from Santa to my 10-year-old son who's now playing hockey and skating. Okay. Have you seen synthetic ice? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I have too. I mean, but now that I've actually seen it in my house in a carpeted room with mm-hmm. ice skates on, it's unbelievable. I, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. My son puts his ice skates on in, on the carpet and then stands on the ice and skates in the middle of his playroom. How big is the slab of synthetic ice? It's not that big. So actually, we told him because he got a certain area from Santa. It's not that cheap, by the way. We said, uh-huh. we'll, we'll expand it because he needs more area. 
he's got probably about a five foot by five foot area when it's all said and done when the, the new stuff comes in. Cause right now it's only like a little strip. He can kind of go back and forth on a stick handle a little bit, uh-huh. but it's, it's good. He's going to have enough. Where he can do a little bit of turning. So we'll expand as we go, but it's uh-huh. good for short area stuff. But the yeah. more you go, it's so easy. You know, you know, when you're a kid and you put that, that, that rubber stuff down and you just kind of snap it together. Then kids uh-huh. can play. Yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. but it's, it's ice. It's incredible. You can just and take there, it off, put it on, whatever you want to do. And there's no like maintenance or anything that needs to be done nope. to it. It just nope. that's pretty wild. I I have not skated in like four years. I used to skate every weekend with a bunch of guys, and I have not skated since COVID. I played growing up, never had any synthetic ice or anything like that. But I know even in my time from when I have stopped playing up until now, the technology has just become ridiculous and now it is so much more i don't want to say accessible that's probably the wrong word but there are places where there's that synthetic ice and you can use it year round indoors outdoors wherever you need i would even tell you everybody out there danny gare former buffalo sabers captain well i was gonna say doesn't he he have a company or something he's a company that does this yes Yes, that's what I thought. I knew it was a former player, but I didn't know which former player. So I didn't want to yep. immediately jump to somebody. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So anyway, I thought you'd thought think it was cool. If you want to get back into skating, I'm just telling you, Matt, that's a good way to get back into skating right there in your own house. You know what the hardest thing for me is? And this is probably true for a lot of people. So I have not skated since COVID. So since the pandemic, I probably skated a couple of weeks before the pandemic with the guys that I used to play with. My gear has literally been in my bag in my garage and I would need it professionally cleaned. And I don't have the desire. I just don't care enough. And also now with the baby, we played at 7 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And the idea of waking up when I don't have to wake up, when I already don't get any sleep, seems really daunting to me. So maybe I'll have, maybe it'll happen again. Maybe our daughter will want to play hockey, and then I'll just end up having to start skating again. We shall see. But yeah, it's been a I while. The wow, one of the really, one of the last really times cool. I played, not one of the last times I played, but in the last year that I played. So I got married in 2019. And the pandemic was at the beginning of 2020, right? Am I getting all of those timelines March together? So I got married in July of 2019 and I had signed up for the 11 day power play before I think we had finalized our wedding date. So I did one of the community shifts and it was four days before my wedding. And it was one of those three hour shifts for the 11 day power yep. play. And I played in the like media skate. So we had mm-hmm. a bunch of former players in the skate and I had played pickup a handful of times with like Andrew Peters and Craig Reve and those guys. And Peters used to always, you know, like hit me and check me and like do things that he would do. So I was like, Hey, like I'm getting married in four days. I really cannot get hit in the face or checked or anything. Please leave me alone. And yeah, so I've never been more terrified of playing than I was for that 11 day power play shift. Danny Gare was the coach. When you said Danny Gare, that's what made me think of it because he was behind our bench and I was on a line with Pekka and like, I was like, what do you, what do you want me to do? And he was like, go to the back, go far post with your stick on the ice. The first shift far post stick on the ice. He fires a pass right into the net. I did nothing. My stick was just on the ice, and it went into the net. So that's how good those guys are. Matt, is the Ravens-Dolphins game this weekend Mm -hmm. the biggest 
non-Bills regular season game to impact the Bills since 2017 Ravens-Bengals. Yeah, I thought that earlier this week, actually, because I was thinking back to that moment in Miami, coincidentally enough, where the Bills found out that they were going to the playoffs and ending their drought. Yes, it's big. And I think that there's... It's weird because it's big until it isn't, right? If the Ravens win, it's massive, potentially, as long as the Bills win. It's going to be going on at the same time as the Bills game, so everybody knows. If the Dolphins win... It doesn't really mean anything because then the Dolphins are just going to go and next week could mean nothing. And that's why, you know, to your point about when the Dolphins and the Bills are going to play in week 18, it might mean nothing. There's a chance of that. And if it means nothing, there's no way that game is being played in prime time or on a Sunday or a Saturday night or whatever like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a really, really big game unless it isn't. And I know that I take heat for this sometimes as the resident dolphins I, i'm not a dolphins fan i just don't no, know but dolphins are good I, I really like the dolphins I, I think they have a chance i think the ravens are the best team in the afc right now but who knows i don't know weird things happen in this league no doubt and the bills could really go all the way up to the two seed if that were the case if the ravens were to win they could you get the seven or six seed depending on what mm-hmm. you know the, they do themselves obviously look around the afc um Obviously, it'd be great for the Bills to win the division, have a chance to, you know, host a playoff game, be home. And I'll even say there's a pretty likely chance if that happens, they could even have the Dolphins back to back week 18 and week 19, by the way. Um, but when you look at the AFC, who besides the Ravens, I agree with you. Then let's just say that, you know, they're going to get the one seed and everybody else is playing in mm-hmm. round one. Mm-hmm. Who do you not want to see? Dolphins? Yeah. I was going to say, I think the three best teams Over in the Chiefs? AFC. Yeah, Bills can beat the Chiefs. I think Bills that's can right. Beat the, Bills can beat the Dolphins too, but I would I be, I would be more fearful going into Miami than I would be going into Arrowhead. And I know how ridiculous that sounds. The Bills can win an Arrowhead. I know that. I've seen them win more games than I've seen them lose at Arrowhead. And that team seems like they are just reeling right now. The idea of playing Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in the playoffs is certainly not one that you would really want, but I don't think their whole team, I think that they have no weapons offensively besides Travis Kelsey, and he has started to take a step back. I think defensively, they're a good team, but I also think that after the Bills have played them, they'll have a better game plan going into that game. And there's just something about the familiarity there. They've played there so much that I think that they are not scared of it. Somebody on ESPN made a great point this week about the aura of Arrowhead and how sometimes teams would be beaten before they even showed up and played the game because they were scared to go play Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that teams know that they can go in there and win that game. I mean, the Raiders just did it. I know the Bills have done it. A lot of teams have done it this year. So, yeah, I would say the Ravens are the toughest opponent, and then I would say the Dolphins after that. I, I really do think, though, if the Bills can get in, they can go on a run because I none of these teams I don't think they can beat. We are recording this before the Thursday night game Jets against Browns. I mean, we expect the Browns to win, but what do you think about them? If I gave you a choice, would you rather see Kansas City, Miami, or Cleveland come to Buffalo in round one? Cleveland, even though the defense is very legit, if you can't beat Joe Flacco for as good as he has played, if you can't beat Joe Flacco in a team that has already been without Nick Chubb for almost the entire season, 
then you're not good enough to go win a Super Bowl. I think that they are good, but I do not think that they belong in that absolute top tier. I think they're a very good team and they could beat teams. The team that I think they would be the most suited to upset would be Baltimore. Just because those division games, and that's the same thing with Miami for the Bills. Division games are tough and they're hard to win. And you see those Mm -hmm. teams so often that I feel like weird things can happen. It would not shock me at all if somehow Baltimore and Cleveland had to play each other if Cleveland ended up winning that game. Other games real quickly in the AFC that impact the Bills. Titans are at Texans. Obviously, root for the Titans in in that game. Uh, for the Bills' purposes, not that the, mm-hmm. I mean the Texans, they can still they're eight and seven. They're one game behind uh, the Buffalo Bills. Raiders are at the Colts. Boy, how amazing would it be if the Raiders won their last two and the Chiefs lost their last two? I don't think it's going to happen, but the Raiders would actually win the division in that scenario. Here, you want the Raiders to win to beat the Colts because that's another team you're fighting with. The Colts are eight and seven. Panthers at Jags. We talked about that earlier. Of course, you'd love to get to see the Jags get another loss uh, to knock them a little bit further down, and then later on. That's the big one. Steelers, Seahawks. We talked about that. Chargers, Broncos. The Broncos have benched Russell Wilson. They basically mailed in the season because they don't want to pay Russell Wilson because if he's healthy, um, Mm -hmm. because if he's healthy and passive physical, they don't have to guarantee his contract. If he's not healthy because of football reasons, because it's guaranteed Mm -hmm. for injury, they have to actually pay him in March. They don't want to do that. And then, of course, Bengals, Chiefs. You know, Matt, it is a tough one. You want the Bengals for... I'm sorry, you want the Chiefs for purposes of knocking the Bengals? But I'd love to see the Raiders win and the Bengals win, and all of a sudden, the Chiefs have a week where they have to sweat it out to win the division. I hear you, but mathematically, yeah. you want the Bengals to lose. And I'm doing, I just went literally as you were talking because I wanted to know if there's any chance they miss the playoffs, the Chiefs. And if they lose their last two games, they still have a 59% chance of making the playoffs. So that to me, but they they might not win the division. And that is a big deal because Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road. I know, but I think getting in needs to be the more important focus for you. For the Bills purposes, purposes, I think you just need to get in. If Miami beats Baltimore this week, do they clinch the one seed? No, but they clinch a play. They clinch the division and then it goes one more week for the one seed. Why though? Do they don't they have the same record as the Ravens? No, they're a game behind. Oh, okay. So that's what I was going to say. That's why they would not clinch. They would need so to there's... the Bills to get the one seed or uh, have okay. the Ravens lose next week. Okay. So that's what I was thinking because I did not know if they had won, would they then be in a position where they're just not playing their guys next week? But it, that's Can I also add out. this? Cleveland is still alive for the one seed. If they win Thursday night to get to 11 and the Dolphins beat the Ravens, yep. Cleveland has 11, the Ravens have 12, Cleveland then is still plays alive Baltimore next week, for right? The final, for for the one seed. So depending on what happens, that could be kind of the big primetime game, Cleveland Baltimore, because they still pl- they play each other next week, right? No, 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 no. Baltimore does play Pittsburgh though, and they could have both something that's, riding on that game. And Cleveland plays Cincy. That could be one as well. Okay, so I think. I hear everything that you're saying. I hear the conversation about seeding. I think that that's all very legitimate. I think for the Bills, your absolute best case scenario is to be in the playoffs and obviously have a chance at winning the division, but just avoiding the potential of going to Miami next week and losing and missing the playoffs. That's the thing that would be fearful to me. It's like, even if you still have a chance at winning the division, 
if you lose, then you miss the playoffs completely. I know mathematically it's a long shot, but don't make everybody sweat out that. You know what I mean? And they're going to need some help around the league this week, but it feels like it's Patrick Mahomes does not lose back-to-back games often. He just did when they lost to the Bills a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I think the stat was, shout out Joe Biscalia. He was on our show and he said it. I think Mahomes was like 14-2 and after a loss or something. So now he must be 14-3 and or whatever it is. Um, So I, I think that they'll handle their business in a game that they absolutely need to win. The one that concerns me a little bit is the Steelers-Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are that good. I think the Steelers aren't very good either, but for some reason it felt like Mason Rudolph kind of unlocked something with that team that Kenny Pickett and that Mitch Trubisky were not able to unlock. The Seahawks need this game also, so that's why I think that you know there's certainly a chance, but if I was betting on it, I don't, I don't know if I would bet on the Seahawks, even though it's in Seattle. Well, we will know next time we talk to everybody. We'll know when the Bills are playing. Well, we might know, I guess. Again, like so, I said, we'll, yeah. we'll probably know if it's Saturday night or Sunday night. We might not know the exact time on Sunday. I just want to point out that last year, again, we did not know the times of the Sunday afternoon games until Monday. So we don't know that. But we should know the Saturday night games and the Sunday night game in week 18. So I'll leave you with this question. Mm-hmm. If the Bills-Dolphins is for the division, yeah, is the NFL putting it Sunday night? What's your guess? Yes, absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. But I don't know. They they could go with another game where it's a win and in for a team or something like that. We'll no. see how it shakes out. No. Also, if real it, quick, if it's for the division, go ahead. If it's for the division, it'll be the Sunday night game. Okay, you're calling it. You're calling your shot here. Yeah, I don't want it to be the Sunday night game. But if it's for the division, if it's for the division, it'll be the Sunday night game. Mike Robbie, our great producer, gave us the stat. Bill Belichick, all time thirty-seven and eight against the Buffalo Bills. 37 and 8. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. I did not even see that in the message. So 37 right. and 8. Ugh. 37 and 8. Yeah. All right. Ugh. So Bills, Patriots, Sunday, 1 o'clock. All of your coverage on WKBW TV Channel 7. And of course, WGR Sports Radio 550. Thanks a lot again to our producer, Mike Rabier, doing a great job. We appreciate you coming aboard, listening, downloading. Always subscribe. We got a lot more coming your way, obviously, as this thing goes on. And on the video side of things, we're on the South Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Matt, have a great rest of your week. And then uh, you and I will talk after the game on Sunday. Yeah, we'll talk after the game on Sunday. We'll be sitting there waiting to figure out what happens in those 430 games, how it impacts the Bills. If there's any sort of update, obviously, on the game that they're playing next week, the timing of that game, we'll make sure we get that to you. The thing that's weird, though, is just real quick. You said last year they didn't announce it till Monday. This year, Monday's New Year's Day. So I wonder if they try and make the announcement on Sunday evening before they do it on New Year's Day? I don't know the answer to that. Well, last year, Sunday to... was New Year's Day when they played. Yeah. Monday There's... was January 2nd. And that I, was the that was yeah. the Bills-Bengals game. That was the Mar Hamlin. Hamlin. That was the Mar Hamlin game. And then everything got even more convoluted because of the situation they were dealing with there. Um, by but the way, should we go live Sunday after the game on New Year's Eve? We just like pop champagne as we're on the, as yeah. we're on the video here. Yeah, absolutely. We should absolutely pop some champagne <laughs> ring in. Ends 2023. Get me the hell out of this year. I can tell you that much. There's no Monday night game, though. So that's why I thought it was a little bit interesting. Last year, the Bills Bengals played in that Monday night game on January 2nd. This year, there is no Monday night game. So I don't know if there's anything that they need to wait for scheduling wise. They might just do it on Sunday. Right? Like, couldn't they conceivably do it at halftime or after the game? Well, they can do whenever they want. Sure. I don't know what they why they waited necessarily last year. 
Uh-huh. I don't there is either. a Sunday night game this year. You're right. No Monday night game. So. so there's no Monday night games this week. Monday night football this week is on Saturday. And before is that you what, tell wait, wait, me. Is the reason because um, is it uh, college football playoffs? Yeah. Monday night? Yeah, this, sure. That's why. Yeah. That's why. So, yeah. So Monday night football, before you yell at me, Monday night football is the name of a show not just when they play the game. So the show, Monday Night Football, which will feature the game on Saturday night, is Lions-Cowboys, a great game. And then obviously that leads us into a really, really crazy weekend around the league. Thanks a lot for listening and watching, everybody. We'll talk to you next time, and it's always game day in Buffalo.